Good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Let's hear this psalm this morning as we begin. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Praise him in the assembly of the godly. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He exalts the oppressed by delivering them. Let the godly rejoice because of their vindication. Let them hear this. Let them shout for joy upon their beds. Well, I hope you at least got out of bed. But if you're still in bed, let's sing together and worship God. God takes delight in his people.
future is Jesus. Our answer is Jesus. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow you know, funny things happen to you when you're on. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when nothingness is saying is all I know, I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken, cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies! 
I long, yes, I think for longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's army, my King, my God, what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you to thank you for your word, dear Heavenly Father. Bless it as it goes out, dear Heavenly Father, to accomplish its purpose. We thank you for our Savior, dear Heavenly Father, who died upon the cross for us. We ask right now, dear Heavenly Father, that you would be with us in this place, dear Heavenly Father, in every home, in every connection where people are gathered, dear Heavenly Father, because you have promised to be in the best. We thank you and we love you and we ask that you would just bless this service to Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hi, church family. I'm Kendall. And I'm Rebecca, and we've got this week's news. Last Monday was the first episode of our new series, Sermon Plus. Every week, Pastor Roger will take time to dive deeper into the message from the weekend. We invite you to join us every Monday, live at noon on Facebook. This week, you received a letter from Pastor Roger with some exciting news about our worship schedule. When we were able to meet together again, we are adjusting our service times to include 6 p.m. on Saturdays at the Bear Campus and Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at both Bear and Ellesmere. Our 9 a.m. service will be live-streamed and the message will be broadcast to the Ellesmere Campus. Pastor Sharon will continue to preach at the 11 a.m. traditional service at Ellesmere. We're still looking for your help with our June message series. Asking for a friend. During this series, we'll take time to answer some of your tough questions related to Christian life. If you have something you've always wanted to ask, now is your chance. Go to either our website or Facebook page, or you can find a link to a form where you can send us your questions. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text your prayer request to 888-344-1022. You can also email your request to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Well, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's had a great week. I know it's kind of rainy outside, but uh, the love and the The power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God is with us today. And we hope that right there where you are with your family, that you're enjoying this worship service and that God is ministering to you and uh, anointing you and anointing. uh, We're praying for Pastor Roger as he comes in a few minutes to bring the message. And uh, so we just thank God for, for all that he is doing in us. Last week we did a little informal poll, and we were asking people to comment in the uh, comment section either on Facebook or on the uh, chat window on our website as to what you were having for breakfast. One person participated. They told me they were going to get donuts, and I hope that they were Krispy Kreme donuts, and I hope that you enjoyed them. Uh, I actually had one Krispy Kreme donut yesterday, and it was, uh, it was heavenly. So today's informal poll is, uh, how long has it been since you had a haircut? It's been a while since Pastor Bill had a haircut, and I think next week I might have my hair in braids uh, if I don't get a haircut sometime this week. So comment in the comment section, when was the last time uh, you got a haircut, and we'll, just, uh, we'll have some fun with that. Uh, even in this, these difficult times when we're at home a lot and, and things are just different, life is difficult uh, for many of us, but we can still kind of have fun and we can still uh, enjoy each other and, and enjoy talking back and forth. And so uh, we hope that you enjoy the, the comment section and kind of that virtual lobby feel uh, that, that I've, I've kind of gone back and read some of the comments and people are greeting one another and, and just saying hello and checking on each other and seeing how everybody's doing. And uh, it's just great. And, and I just appreciate seeing that. So I want to talk to you just a few minutes, as, as we always do at this point, about giving. And again, we just are blown away by the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of each of you uh, to follow through with, with what you have committed to 
uh, financially as far as the uh, ministries of Christ the Cornerstone is concerned. We couldn't do what we do without you and without the help of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I was given some information by uh, Daniel uh, Carol, our finance director this week, about some ministries that we support and the fact that we have kept our commitments uh, with those folks, with those missions organizations and those groups that we support uh, as a church. And it's because of God's faithfulness to us and your faithfulness uh, to continuing to give. There are several ways that you can give. Of course, you can. Uh, we have many folks that are still mailing us a check, and that's still a viable way uh, to get your offering here. Uh, but more and more people are using our online giving portal, and uh, you can just go to our website, ctcde.net forward slash give, and uh, give you an opportunity to do that. Also, uh, if you are, if you can do this, or if you're interested in doing it, uh, this is also connected to Secure Give. You can text your gift to 302-918-5886, and it will also take you to uh, that Secure Give place. There's information for that uh, all on the website. But I just want to say a, uh, for, for all of our staff, a sincere thank you uh, for the ways that you continue to support uh, the ministries of Christ the Cornerstone. And we know that when we come through this, that our church is going to be in a strong financial position to see, to meet, and to fulfill needs in our community. And we thank you and we thank God for his faithfulness. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for the faithfulness of your people, and we thank you for your faithfulness to us and your anointing that is on us. And so, Lord, today, uh, we pray that as we give and as we uh, continue to worship here, as the team continues to lead us, Father, we pray that you would be faithful uh, to what you have promised, and we will be faithful to what we promise. And, God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give today. We'll continue to worship.
We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you, dear Heavenly Father, are the Holy One of Israel who sits high and looks low, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you during this pandemic season, dear Heavenly Father, that we are experiencing that you would send comfort, dear Heavenly Father, that you would send healing, dear Heavenly Father, that you would send provision, dear Heavenly Father. Allow us, dear Heavenly Father, the called out ones to be your hands and your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, that we would see about those who are in a need. Dear Heavenly Father, there are plenty of resources. Dear Heavenly Father, but help us, dear Heavenly Father, to have generous hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, that we would meet those needs. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this church. Dear Heavenly Father, and we thank you for her witness in this city. Dear Heavenly Father, in this town, in this state, and in this nation. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for Pastor Roger. Dear Heavenly Father, give him preaching power to heavenly father that he would come and boldly proclaim your word to heavenly father give him clarity of clarity of thought clarity of speech that your word may go forth to heavenly father and it would accomplish its purpose to heavenly father open our hearts we the church body that we would be edified to heavenly father to do the work that you've called us to do to heavenly father and for those who the heavenly father that would hear this message that does not know you, dear Heavenly Father. Help them to feel and experience your love, dear Heavenly Father, in a way that they never have before, and that they would ask what they must do to be saved, dear Heavenly Father. God, we ask all of these blessings tonight, Son, Jesus' name. Amen. thank Kevin uh, Fowler for offering the prayer this morning and for reading the scripture. It's good to see him. Good to have you with us and uh, good to be there. I remember years ago, my oldest sister, I'm the youngest of four. My oldest sister was probably six or seven years old, so I wasn't even born yet. But this is a story that my family has told over the over the years. She was probably six or seven years old and she was begging my father for to give her to get her a rabbit that she could take care of. Now, Dad was not sure that my sister Joan could take care, could be responsible enough to take care of a rabbit, so he decided to wait, let her grow up a little bit. But months passed, and my sister persisted, or I should say persisted, because that's what sisters do. At least that one did. And so uh, Dad explained once again that, Joan, you've got to take care of, of this rabbit. She said, oh, yes, Dad, I will. You'll need You'll need to feed it. I will, Dad. You'll need to clean its cage. I will, Dad. And if you don't do these things, the rabbit is going to die. Do you understand? Oh, yes, Dad. I understand. I'll feed it. I'll clean it. I'll care for it every day. So Dad finally went to the store and got Joan the rabbit that she wanted. Joan did exactly as she was supposed to do for a couple weeks and then slacked off. And Dad would remind her to go do the chores that she needed to do, and then she'd go do them. 
couple more weeks passed, and Joan forgot again or kind of slacked off again. And Dad started doing the same thing. Dad stopped checking on it. For a while, he would do some of the chores, but then he stopped doing it also. One day, he came and he saw that the rabbit had been so neglected that it was close to dying, and he did not know how he was going to tell Joan. He knew that they both were at fault. And so he, he went back to Joan and says, Joan, I love you, and I want you to know that I'm not angry with you, but I have to tell you some sad news. Your rabbit died last night. And he paused to let that news sink in. How does that make you feel, he asked. She said rather abruptly and with some enthusiasm, she said, Oh, that's all right. I just wanted some good luck, and all I wanted was the rabbit's foot. She just wanted the rabbit's foot. Now, Joan's dad, what dad thought was sad news or bad news, was actually good news to Joan. The end of the story is she never did get the rabbit's foot. I don't think she got her good luck either. Dad also learned a couple lessons in that story. Anyway, all that, just the good news. We're here to hear some good news this morning. Our series, Tell Me Something Good, is a time for us to look at the goodness that God is bringing to us. The book of Romans chapter 1 says, I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ because that good news is the power of God at work in this world for the salvation of all people. God is at work in this world. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go to the, uh, to go to the YouVersion Bible app. And we've got an outline for the message there, and it gives you an opportunity to make some notes and to follow along with the, with the message and with the Scriptures. But during this series, while you're looking for that YouVersion app and for that event on YouVersion, uh, I have a couple of goals that I want us to, hopefully, this message series will allow us to accomplish. I want us to meet and share with people who have good news to tell, especially them answering the question, what about Jesus is good news for you? The second thing is I want all of us to identify, if any, good news that Jesus is for us. Now, there may be some of us that say, I I don't know that much about Jesus. I've not experienced good news from Jesus. I've experienced a lot of bad news in, in the world, but not a lot of good news. Or maybe you can identify for you a, a question or something that is preventing you from experiencing good news through faith in Jesus Christ. The third goal is that I want us to find new ways to tell other people the good news that Jesus is to us. It's not just about the good news in the Bible, although that is the witness and that is the testimony that we have. But that testimony is, is a witness so that I can experience good news myself and in my own life through trust in Jesus Christ. And if I don't make that jump from, from where I am to trusting in the Scriptures and in the witness that has been given to us throughout the ages, I'm never going to experience it in the way that God wants me to experience it. We've got to be able to tell others. How will they have faith if no one tells them? How will they hear? How will they believe if they cannot hear? So we need to hear good news. And we who are part of Christ's body, the people of God, we have good news to tell because God has been at work in our lives. So let's tell it. There's a psalm that says, that says let the redeemed say so. We have to tell others the good news. Pastor Sharon and I have enjoyed having conversations with people in preparation for this series, and we've been asking them, what about Jesus is good news for you? Today we hear from one of our church leaders. Uh, He's on staff at the church. He's part of the leadership team, Richard Porto. He regularly worships at our Ellesmere campus, and he plays several roles. Like I mentioned, he's on our leadership team, and he also helps to clean and take care of the, the Ellesmere campus building. He also, as you'll hear in the video, he also works at uh, helping other people in various ways. Richard's story with us begins at a dark time in his own life. 
His wife had had two strokes, and he was her primary caregiver. They had used up his life's savings in caring for him. When I asked, what about Jesus' good news for you, Richard? He provided several beautiful accounts of how Jesus has provided and placed and given a Richard a place to belong. He learned that though others may not be experiencing the same troubles that he did, they still understood. He was accepted by others in the body of Christ, and they helped him. Richard also describes good news from Jesus as the one who provides a plan for us to have what we need and a plan for us to use what we've got to help others. Richard experienced the good news that Jesus gives purpose to our lives. So let's, let's listen to Richard. I've gave, given you a summary and hopefully set it up, but here's some details. We'll let Richard speak for himself. Church was getting out one Sunday. I had taken a early retirement to care for my late wife. She had two strokes, and I had gone through my savings at that point in time. When you retire at uh, 50, it doesn't last very long. And church was getting up, and there were people in the parking lot, and I came by to see if I could get any money to try and go pick up a prescription that day for her. They were kind enough to assist, but more importantly, they invited me to come and worship. They asked me to come back. They opened their arms, and I did. In the process, it helped me tremendously. Uh, I was going through some issues of my own at the time. What I found is, again, uh, a home. People that not only were willing to help, but um, you could sit and talk to. And it's been an experience that I've been part of now for the past 15 years. I run volunteer um, for Unity Church Food Pantry. I also handle volunteers for St. Stephen's Church, and it's now a mission for me uh, to be able to help others in Newcastle County, Um, not only at my two churches there, uh, I've been part of uh, an experience with um, Hope Church, uh, part of their various fundraising campaigns. We are the only pantry in Newcastle County that goes to shut-ins. I have uh, about 10 shut-ins that cannot come out. Uh, They're on oxygen, whatever the case is. And we will pack bags of food and bring it to them once a week. And more than, I think, yes, they appreciate the food. But as much as they appreciate the food, they appreciate maybe 10 or 15 or 20 minutes talking with you. Uh, It's a visit that they get once a week. And they get to share what happening in their life with someone it's rewarding beyond beyond words i've had individuals come in uh i had one gentleman come in wanting to speak to one of the clergy at um one of one of the churches that i'm involved with and there was no one there and can you talk to me well we talked he had just picked himself up off of the train tracks He wanted to end his life. We spent half hour talking. Uh, To this day, he comes by once a week, uh, not only to get food, but just to let me know that he's okay. And he's turned himself around. Um, He's no longer drinking. So, yes, he's on a positive path. There was a time in my life I sat in the driveway in, in a car in the garage and had it running. So I know what that depression and that despair is like. Um, Someone else might not have been able to relate to him. I love how Richard's story goes from his own personal need and, and he received from the church. He received from Christ. Richard says when I asked him uh, uh, about his own personal relationship with Christ, he remembers growing up in the church and through that time, He opened up his own personal relationship with Christ. But this was one of those times when he experienced good news, when he was in tremendous need. But as he received 
what he needed from the church. It shifted from him taking to Richard giving. And that is, we clearly see Richard's passion and his skill and his ability that God has gifted to him. And that's good news. That's what God does in our lives. God has a plan. He has a place for us. He has a plan for our lives. And God's plan is to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. And these are three things that I'd like us to think about for the rest of this message. God has a place for you. God has a plan for you. God's, and God's plan fulfills God's purpose in your life. Let's look at, as we, as we look at uh, God has a place for you, I want us to look at John chapter uh, 14, verses 1 through 7. Jill, I'm going to ask if you'll grab that Bible that's on the table behind you and bring it to me because I don't have one right here. Uh, And I can't see the screen as easily. Thank you. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. This is a time when Jesus was experiencing his own suffering, his own Uh, He was in the upper room with his disciples just before his death and then his resurrection. These are part of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had already if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. I love I picked that because Jesus is going to prepare a place for you. God has a place for all of us. And 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 this scripture seems that when we die, God has a place for us. But let's broaden the the interpretation of the word place in that God has a place for us to belong. Richard, in his story, he was looking for a place to belong, and he found it in the body of Christ. We need community. We need family. We need friends. We need a place to belong, a place that we call ours and friends who who call us theirs. We need a place to belong. And Jesus has a place for us. As I read through this, I remember one of the things that I learned years ago about the, the uh, part of the ritual in Jewish cultures or in ancient Hebrew cultures when a young man wanted to uh, become engaged to a, a young woman. Many of those are, uh, marriages were arranged. But some sometimes and and. Even if for the arranged ones, the the groom has to get permission. It has to become uh, solemnized, if that's a word, by uh, by the father, by the community. So the the young man would go to the father's house, the home of the bride, and he would to be, and he would sit down with the father. The father would ask his wife to get glasses for each person. And so there might be three or four people sitting around the table. They'd get a glass. She'd bring some wine, and each person would have a glass. The mother would pour pour wine into everybody's glass except for one for the bride. And the the groom would make his his appeal to the father saying, this is what I'm going to do for your daughter. This is what I have to provide for her. Can I marry her? And the father would say, yes, you may. And then the groom would take the empty glass. He would pour wine into it and he would hand the bride the glass. And now is the moment of her decision. If she chooses to accept the proposal, 
she will pick up the cup and she will drink the wine as a sign of her agreement to enter into marriage with him. Now we can hear if we we know the scriptures, if you remember the scriptures, there's a point where Jesus asks his disciples, can you drink the cup? And it's an invitation that God is saying, I have I have a relationship for you and I want you to be here with me. Will you bind yourself with me as in a marriage? But when Jesus is with his disciples, he, he goes a little bit further than that. And, and if the if the bride decides that she's going to enter into this relationship, she drinks the cup. And after she drinks the cup, the groom will say to her, yay. <laughs> I'm going now back to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a room for us where we can be together and where we can live. And when my father decides that that room is ready, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to get you and I'm going to take you to where I am. These same words that Jesus is saying in my father's house are many rooms and there's a place for you. And I am going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. If that were not so, I would not have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Jesus is using some language that is familiar to the Jewish people. That says, I'm going to take you with me someday. God has a place for you. Now, his disciples say, we don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. But Jesus says, I am the way. Follow me. Trust in me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. The way that we get into that place that God has prepared for us is through faith in Jesus Christ. Secondly, God has a plan for you. To, to, to illustrate that and to talk about that, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29. This is a verse that, that my wife and many people uh, speak of very often. We remember it because we need to be reminded that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29 verses 4 through 13. Now, this is the time for the Hebrew people when they have, they have been separated. They have been pulled away from their homeland. And some of them were living in a strange country. They had been enslaved to the, to the, to the king there. And they weren't quite sure what to do. Kind of like the situation that we're in, in in our time right now. We're not quite sure what to do. We have to, we have to make all kinds of changes. Changes at work. Changes at home. Changes, and it's putting, it's putting stress on family relationships. What are we supposed to do? This is what the Lord of heaven's armies said. The God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. God says in verse 5, build homes, plan to stay, plant gardens, And eat the fruit they produce, the food they produce. God is saying, live life. And God's plan for us is that every day we get up, we make our bed, we have breakfast, we do the things that God has for us to do that day. We go to work as best we can. We help our children with their schoolwork. We we, we engage with our spouses and we love them and we help them. Live life. Even through difficult circumstances, build homes, plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce, marry and have children and find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren multiply. Do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will will depend on your welfare. We need each other. That is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they're telling you lies in my name. I've not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
They are plans for good, not for disaster. They are plans to give you a future and a hope. And in those days you will pray and I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Verse 14 ends with, and I, and I will be found by you. God has a plan for us. I know that there's a proverb that says, God, man plans and God guides the steps. That's helpful. There's a proverb that says, man plans and God laughs. <laughs> God has a plan for us. I love this passage from, Isaiah, from Jeremiah. Live life. Do what you need to do for today. Enjoy it and live. And the third thing I want us to think about this morning is that God's plan fulfills God's purpose for you. Did you know that you were created for God's pleasure? You were created by God for God's pleasure. And that's not, uh, th- that's not a, a God looking down and says, you've got to do what I say you've got to do. No. It's God saying, I created you. I think, of my, I think of my children. I didn't create my children. But when I held my son for the first time and I smelled what to me, <laughs> I smelled the lanolin on his body after he was born. Beautiful, sweet smell. And I say, thank you, God. And I rejoiced in my son. When you were born, and God knows everything about you, when you were born, God held you and God rejoiced that you were born because God created you. He knit every part of you in your mother's womb. God even knew that. And you're part of God's plan. And for you to live out God's plan for you, your life is for you to fulfill the purpose that God has for you. And ultimately, that purpose is to bring pleasure. And that purpose brings pleasure to your maker. There have been times when I, as a child, have disobeyed my parents. I was going to talk about my children again, but I'll just talk about me. (laughs) When I have disobeyed my parents and I have not brought pleasure to my parents, But yet my parents, in their love for me, still take pleasure in me. God takes pleasure in you. And that is your purpose. You are created. Just like any work of art is created to bring pleasure to others. Just like those who who may not have the, the artistry for uh, uh, for, for sculpting or for painting, but they can engineer things. They engineer things to make other people's lives better, and it brings pleasure to the Creator for others to receive pleasure in it. You were created because it pleases God. Boy, don't ever forget that. Let's read some other scriptures. Revelation chapter 4. Verse 11 tells us that I should have marked my Bible, but we got time. We'll just flip through here. Revelation chapter four. Verse 11. They will worship God and they will say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power Because you created all things and they exist because you created what pleased you. Or other translations say what you pleased. And you were created because it pleased God to create you. Hear me say this. God is delighted with you. And even though we all turn our backs on God, God still takes delight in me, in us. But come back to God and trust in Christ and serve Him. Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. 
we read these words. Chapter 1, verse 5. I love this verse. Paul is talk, the writer is talking about spiritual blessings, and he says in verse 5, Ephesians chapter 1, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Your purpose in life is to bring pleasure to your Creator, to bring pleasure to God. You do. But if we're turning our back on God, we're turning away from God. God, God is looking at us, and, 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 and when I took my children to college, I was pleased with my children, both of them. But it broke my heart to leave them there. When we walk away from God, it breaks God's heart. But was I angry with my children? No. I was happy. I was pleased for them. And I was proud of them. And so is God pleased and proud with us because God knows what we can become, what we can be. He knows that He created us to be that beautiful piece of artwork or that magnificent whatever it is. People look at it and say, how beautiful. Last week, I think I used this verse. How beautiful on the mountaintops are the feet of the one who brings good news. You are created to bring good news to people. Good news. God has a place for you. God has a plan for your life. And God's plan for your life is filled with purpose. Will you place yourself in God's family through faith in Jesus? Will you seek the plan that God has for your life? And will you allow God to fulfill His purpose for you by trusting and following our Lord Jesus Christ? Here's a poem I came across. You you are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect, unique design. God's called God's special man or woman. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb, and you're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose, and no matter how you feel, they were custom-designed with God's plan in mind. And even they bear the Master's seal. No, that trauma you faced was not easy, and God wept that it hurt you. But it was allowed in order to shape your heart so that into His likeness you may grow. You're here for a reason. You've been formed by the Master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. Let me encourage you to take some next steps. Go to our website, or if you're on our website, at, at the top of that page is a link for our Connect card. Tell us your name. Tell us that you've been here today. You can leave, scroll down so you can see the prayer request, a space for you to leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you, to pray for you, to pray with you. I'll respond and I'll get back with you. You can comment on Facebook or on Instagram. You can email a prayer request to us or message us more privately that way if you want. You can text us to the number that's on the screen, 888-344-1022. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for making each one of us, according to your plan, holy and free. And as we sing this final song, God, we ask you to just minister to us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit for anyone who is wondering what their purpose is, for anyone who is scared about the future. 
Lord, you tell us, I got a plan for you. Follow me and I'll fulfill it. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for giving yourself to us. I know, God, that we long to be together. We want to be in the same room together, but we can't right now. We can't. For our own health, for our own sake, God. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of others. We have to take care of those who are in our family. Holy Spirit, I ask you to bring healing across this land. Heal us. In the name of Jesus, be glorified in your creation and what you have done through everything, God. Help us to be disciplined in what we need to do to stay safe and do to to do what is right, to help others, to be generous. Thank you, God. Go with us today. Follow us, Holy Spirit. You do not cease to be present with us when this broadcast ends. And we thank you for that. Thank you, God, for making it well with our soul through everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Through it all.